1: hello and welcome to our show today we're excited to have you here and we are going to be talking a little bit about how to become known in your niche and um, you know you've just been doing some research on digital branding and all of the challenges that are we are facing because of this year and also the opportunities so there are more people online than ever before. There's more people using social media than ever before. And um, there was a little blip in the in the summer, last summer, where people had a, you know, oh, we're going to delete the social app thing. Um, but it, it didn't impact us very much in terms of how much information is available and how many people are out there trying to consume it. So this is the double-edged sword, right? There's more people out there online looking for information, looking for help, and there's also more people out there trying to put out information, trying to put out help. So if you're a consumer of job search help, especially career help right now, the space has gotten really busy. And we'll talk a little bit about how you might discern what type of help you need and want and who might be a good fit for you and then if you're in the career space let's talk a little bit about how you can break through that noise and connect really with your existing customers and and your potential customers and i start with existing customers because this is something that i'm hearing kind of as a trend right now as I hear other people talk about how to stand out in your business, is that we have gotten really focused on that new shiny object, <laughs> and job seekers and business owners alike. This applies to both of you. What's ironic in the career space is that we spend our job see- we spend a lot of time telling our job seekers this, right? Hey, job seeker, connect with your existing network. Don't go out and try to find that brand new person that's just going to magically give you a job tomorrow. Work through your existing network to connect to those weak ties who might be able to give you a job. But guess what? The best introduction is going to come through the people that already know, like, and trust you. Fastest introduction. Now, when we move into us as business owners, small business owners, the same thing applies. And we, uh, I just haven't heard it that much. And then recently I've heard a few people say it, uh, Dory Clark on one of her trainings. And then today, Wendy Weiner was talking about the same thing. And how do you let the people in your existing network, your current customers, past customers, as well as your friends, family, former colleagues, all of those people that are already in your circle, how do you keep them updated on what you're doing in a good relationship-based way? And do they know the new services that you might be offering or the new area of focus that you're really excited about? My guess is no, (laughs) because this is something I'm hearing pretty consistently that those of us as coaches or career professionals aren't aren't doing we aren't using that group of people that already loves us and wants to help us we're not informing them enough so that they can keep in touch and stay on track with what is going on with us and be able to refer people to us and people shop by referral word of mouth number one way that people find a service or a product is word of mouth. Social media can facilitate that word of mouth, but when it comes right down to it, it's your existing network making connections with their existing network when they hear someone needs something. You want to be top of mind. So our goal is to stay in touch with those people, stay in connection with those people, and also to be focused enough that they know who they should refer to us for help in what areas does that make sense and i it makes sense when we think about it employers hire based on referral depending on the data that you see it's somewhere between 40 and 70% of refer of re- employers will say that they like to hire based on referral then you already get someone that someone else at least likes, someone else knows, someone else would recommend. And when we're shopping for services and products, we do the same thing. Social media can facilitate that for us because we see what other people have liked, we see what other people have used, and it creates that visibility for us as a buyer into what might my, my network be knowledgeable and what might they be able to refer someone in and be able to help out with what we, with what they do. So in what ways are you using your communication to maintain those relationships? And in what ways could you improve your communication to maintain those relationships? Of course we know it's a two way street, right? Looking for ways that you can help other people is key. It's not just about what can those people do for you and looking for thoughtful ways that they can help you. And this was in Madeline Mann's newsletter recently. Don't ask, you know, what can I do to help you, but be more specific and look for those things that you might be able to offer. That's great. And I would totally agree that if you know someone or you've been connected with them for a few months years in the case of our existing network you probably have better ways that you could offer your help more specific ways hey i'm wondering if you're at home with the kids right now is there something i could do or hey i know x is your favorite restaurant love to you know be able to take you out whatever it might be that you could be more specific is of course going to be beneficial and if you've just met someone or you're just getting started and you're having a conversation, don't take that as an out to not being able to ask, What is a good way for me to help you? How might I be able to help? It's better to ask as you ask that open question rather than to not ask any question at all. And those relationships, those people want to help you. How are you connecting with them? How do they know about you? What do they know about you? And how do they see you on a consistent basis? We talk about this a lot in our digital branding class, but it's especially true on personal channels. So if you're using your personal Instagram or personal Facebook to also let people know about your business you want to make sure that you're sticking to mostly personal and then adding in that business every once in a while maybe you know once or twice a week keeping people updated with what you're doing or your newest thing that you're offering or an upcoming event or an article that you saw that was interesting doesn't have to be yours when you do that on a regular basis, but not overwhelming, you'll get that engagement. I've seen some people use their personal, Facebook especially, and push too many consistently pushing those professional resources even. And when we do that, people kind of tune out because that's not what they're expecting for a conversation on Facebook. So we want to stick with that personal, being engaging engaging with our network on a regular basis, and then working in the the professional on a regular basis, but not so much that it gets overdone. And of course, anytime that we can tie it to the personal, the easier it will be for people to engage with it, to comment on it, and to share it, which is really what we want them to do, to share it with their audiences. I think it's unfortunate that I've heard a lot of people on LinkedIn say that, you know, shares aren't good for your content, shares don't help your content, I absolutely love for you to share my content on LinkedIn. I, I don't care that it doesn't necessarily increase my views of that post because the few new views I might get from someone else's network are gold. One, because then your network is seeing you and it's helping you. And then two, you're vouching for me to your network. And I love that. Thank you for that. It's a, that is a very kind thing for people to do. And um, let's get off the algorithm train and, and talk a little bit about relationships and sharing someone else's post on LinkedIn is a great way to build and maintain a relationship as well as get their content seen by new faces and build your credibility as the sharer because of course people are going to see that you're staying up to date and, and you're sharing relevant information. So I, I disagree with the algorithm police on that one. Uh, please do share my content even on LinkedIn. But of course people are sharing on all the social platforms and you're getting that opportunity for people to see it. If you're a job seeker, same thing applies. You can use your Facebook and and Instagram, whatever you use on a daily basis, consistently once or twice a week, putting in something about your professional expertise so that your network doesn't forget that, oh yeah, Josh is really good at software engineering. He's sharing a few trends here or there to keep me remembering that that's what he's good at and that that's what I can connect with. Okay. So I'm really excited. We are going to have a guest joining us here in just a few minutes after our break. And um, Rebecca Louisa Smith going to take us in a whole new direction, thinking about how to become the leader in your niche and bringing in some spirituality and energy work. So don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss out on her and her expertise. And we'll connect in just a few minutes after our break and learn more from Dr. Smith. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
2: Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information
1: at LeadershipForumInc.com.
2: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
0: America Business Channel. You are tuned into the Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff.
1: Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant, we're glad that you're joining us today and we also have Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith joining us and Rebecca is an award-winning consultant and media personality and also runs a company that helps filmmakers grow their brand. So I'm excited to have you here, thanks for joining us today Rebecca. Thank you Marie, it's great to be here with you too. Yeah, so I was chit-chatting a little bit here at the beginning about how people can grow their brand by connecting more to their existing network, and I'm excited for you to share a little bit about how we bring in this kind of energy and purpose piece to our branding. So let's start just by talking about how we tune into our our purpose as a, a worker, employee, or as a business owner. How do people tune into that purpose?
3: Well, first of all, it's not the easiest thing to do. It's one of the hardest things to do because it's not always obvious at first. It's not like, oh, today I'm going to tune to my sole purpose and I get the answer in two minutes. But um, the way to do it and the way that I learned to do it um, was to ask yourself the following questions. Is One, is there an activity that makes me lose all sense of time, you know, where literally I work through lunch, breakfast, dinner, and then hours pass and the day flies by, but it doesn't feel like work. And also, what do I wake up drawn to? What is my why? Um, So a good example is a friend of mine and also a client. Um, He was in an awful office job, didn't like it, but it paid well. But what he really wanted to do was make candles, but he convinced himself it wouldn't be what he should do. Then he realized it was. And now he has a multi-million dollar candle business and he ships all over the world.
1: Ah, That's a great story. Yeah, so that maybe it's that thing that we think about and then we talk ourselves out of, Oftentimes,
3: It is, because I, I was the I same, was actually. actually. Um, um, because it, when I when tuned into mine, it wasn't conscious, know, conscious, it was unconscious. I didn't know I was tuning into it until I read, read about it well, a few years later. And um, I said to myself, no, I'm supposed to be doing my PhD. That's what, you know, I'm, people t- told me I should do. But actually what do I want to do and what am I drawn to is the film industry, not academia. Mmm. Um, and it's not always a straight path, is it? Not at all, because this was very much, you know, trying to convince myself that, you know, I, sh- I should be now doing my PhD because I love what I do in my PhD, but actually I don't, didn't like teaching. <laughs> and it's all purpose wakes you up to think, I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> and, and I think the, the moment for me was when I was at, at a conference and a friend of mine turned around and she said, isn't academia the best thing in the world? And that's when I thought, nope, I'm not supposed <laughs> to be doing this. <laughs> I was like, I'm not enjoying this conference. <laughs> um, and I thought I want to be doing, you know, working in the film industry and getting filmmakers getting, in film, getting their films into festivals is what I want to be doing, and it, it's not this. So then it was a quick turnaround after I did that. Very major, made my mind up very clearly. But it, uh, it took a bit of convincing with other people to get on board the idea.
1: Yes, yes, and that can be the challenge. So once someone has defined that purpose or maybe they've even thought that okay so helping people with their careers is going to be my my purpose but how do I get that down into a niche what are some of the strategies for discovering that niche
3: it is really important that when you home in on your niche that you well, we say sorry we say came niche. Sorry if I slip into that word. Now. Oh yes. <laughs> um, so the way to do it is to really laser in. So for example, if your area, um, let's just give a wide example, is that you really enjoy um, helping people uh, get their brand uh, seen and and visible on social media. But what aspect of social media? is best to specialize in one thing and do it right. So if you're good at social media, is it LinkedIn? Is it Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram? And what aspect of that? So are you uh, the best at, and expertise is, lies in your field, is helping people create video content for Facebook marketing? Is it creating reels for Instagram? Is it helping people? get your business realigned on LinkedIn. So there's all sorts of areas, because I mean, that is a niche. Obviously, social media is a niche, but it's a massive niche, and it's got lots of different areas to it. like the film industry, that's a niche. There's lots of different areas, production, post-production, exhibition, distribution, you know, you've got to figure out where am I best at? And then when you figure out where that is, you can then really focus upon what it, what it is that your sole purpose is that can actually make you money from your business.
1: Yeah. So what am I best at? And then how can, who wants to pay for that? (laughs) How how do people want to pay for that or what part of that will they pay for?
3: Yeah. Exactly. And the way to figure that out is to do um, like some Zoom Q&As with potential clients or people that are interested in what you're kind of thinking of doing. Because I did that when I went to the Cannes Film Festival for the very first time. And I had this idea for my company where I help people get their films into festivals. Everyone said, wow, it's a great idea, but as no one else is really doing this yet, this is all very, very new and it's very niche, you might have to prove it by working for free to start with. So I thought, I'm going to do that because this, this is going to work. So I've been guided by myself that this is going to work, and I have no doubts about it, but I have to really stay true to myself. So I did, and then I did it work for free, and then people saw the results coming in, and that this idea actually was a viable business model that could make money. And, you know 10 years later it's still going strong you have to convince people sometimes but then generally it's pushing the pudding with results that you get
1: so once people have chosen that niche or started to I, I don't know if you found this I've seen it be a little bit of an iterative process and you kind of get more and more focused as you go have you seen that absolutely I mean I was a bit dis- not
3: particularly focused in the beginning so I was trying to do everything and it's I kind of steered away from my niche and then I went into other territory. So for example, um, other problems that filmmakers had was they wanted to get their films sold, you know, and put on Netflix, iTunes, Amazon, all this kind of thing. And that's a different job in itself. I thought I could do that as well as get them in their films into festivals but it didn't quite work out um, and it was to the point where it was embarrassing as I got it all wrong and I was just trying to help and help and help and then when I just thought no I can't do this I'm not going to do it anymore when I got back in alignment with what I should be doing in my niche that really just took off when I got more focused and it was a lot better but it wasn't good at the time because it was quite embarrassing not knowing what the answer was to questions having I mean, no experience you know it's really good to know what you're best at. and I wasn't good at doing that I sold one or two films but it wasn't anything like big money or anything really of any interest or value.
1: So once we kind of get into that niche or kind of along the way a little bit too, how do people or how do you help people really become known as the leader in that niche?
3: So what I do with that is people come to me, like the candle example, and he was looking really ill and we're saying, you know, I'm not interested in my job at all. I haven't been for like a year and I've had enough of it. I hate the commute for an hour. Uh, I can't stand it, you know, all this kind of stuff. So the way that I guide them is I sit them down and then I say, well, let's think about what your hobby might be and what this could be into a career maybe. Because people said to me, oh, I like the fact that you've, turned a hobby into a job <laughs> and I was like well I think it's really not really a hobby Is actually is as a business problem here so he was very limited in, in his belief and his thinking he said there's no way that I can get this candle business idea off the ground because too many people do it so well think about what your niche is here because you were saying candles but is it aromatherapy candles is it candles for for, for office places, for the candles for spas, for restaurants, what about your scent can make it stand out, are they unique, all this kind of thing. And then he realized that what he did make was very one of a kind candles that began local and they went much more further afield. So by making him believe that this could work, there is a market for it locally, internationally, that then made him focused upon
1: uh, seeing it through to the end and not steering off and leaving his ego. So putting together, uh, you know, kind of a business plan?
3: Yes. Business plan was very important. And I said, look, don't think small, think big. Because if you think this won't work, it's it's not going to work. So the business plan, put what your, you know, ideal dreams are. Don't think of them like on a small scale. Just put it on paper and then you can go backwards.
1: Yeah, and I... So we might have people are listening, they like, oh, go, I don't wanna start my own business, but the same idea can apply even to finding a different job uh, and people throw up the same mindset, uh, obstacles, roadblocks just to change jobs because you can find all the reasons that it wouldn't work. And so the ideas that you're talking about can work even if someone's not going to go into their own business finding what does draw you making those connections and figuring out how it could work what might be the options where could you find the ways to fit the pieces together
3: exactly I and mean, it's like with when i first started up my company the film festival doctor um i had no connections i had some but not a huge amount really start a business but i was determined to make it work and I went to festivals to meet new film festival programmers to ask them what kind of films they wanted and how I could help my client you know get their film seen and help their personal brand and all those go into like snowball techniques so one person I meet says oh you should meet my colleague this festival and this festival and this person and this person then it becomes a bigger network within a day. So it is a case of, I like the snowball technique because it's like literally go to one person and stuff literally snowballs and snowballs and it becomes a big fire of, of contacts. Um, so it's getting your resources together and ducks in a row.
1: Yeah, and then they, the pieces, you research and it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like either. I'm, I'm guessing that what you're doing now isn't exactly like what you thought it would look like.
3: Absolutely not, no. Um, it's changed a lot. And I even like cut down some services because they weren't that popular because I was actually steering out my niche a bit. Um, so my business plan originally back in 2010, um, one of the goals was that it would be a mainstream service. But what I do wouldn't be as mainstream as, say, going to Walmart to get some groceries. I was a bit thinking a bit way of myself. But then when I reined it in and realized how you can thrive in your niche, it then becomes literally like a mainstream service within your niche audience,
1: your clientele. Yeah, that's great. Well, we are going to take another quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about energetic branding and what that means and how you can use energy differently in your brand and a few other tools that you use. So I'm excited to continue the conversation and we'll be back in just a few minutes.
0: The business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice America business network. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation.
2: Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
0: The bottom line in business. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're here again with Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith talking about how you can use your purpose and your energy to differentiate your branding and also to, to become a leader in your, in your niche. So we've been talking a little bit about how you get your purpose and kind of going into your niche. So how does energy come in here? Tell me a little bit about this energetic brand idea.
3: Yeah, so I think it was around two years into starting my company, um, I met a woman called Marie Diamond, and she's a contributor in the book, The Secret. Oh, I'm sure you've all heard of that book. It's a very well-known book called The Secret by Rhonda Bryan. And uh, she she met me at this event, and my friend Phil knows her as a good friend, and I told her that, oh, I've just started my business up, I've just moved to London, it's getting it all sorted out, and I'm really excited, I was quite naive, and then she saw my logo, And she said, wow, there's some problems on this logo energetically in the world of feng shui. I was like, really? And she said, basically, one thing is that it's all black. It needs to have more color that bring out what she calls her quantum colors. She works with these colors that tap into the abundance of the universe through feng shui colors. She went, it needs like red and gold to really stand out. And also the woman on your logo, she's turning away From the name of your company and she's got a back to your clients literally so you're blocking things energetically even though you're enthusiastic it's not helping i was like oh so i didn't believe it at first because it was hard to take in but then i looked at her and she shone like a diamond honestly she looked absolutely stunning she had all these gold necklaces she had you know fuchsia colors and everyone like couldn't miss her and talk to her and she tried all these people she also said that you're wearing black You need to put on colors that really reflect your energy presence and your aura. You need more gold, you need fuchsia, pink, white, and ivory. Right now, no one can see you, even though you're passionate. It's also probably not helping your mental health, and it it wasn't. So I kind of began to believe her by the end of the night. I said, look, let's have a a consultancy. So she met with me, and she told me all about her quantum colors, all the ones that you tap into to access the abundant universe. And she said, let's change the logo, and trust me, it'll work. So it went from this black Dull logo to red and gold and vibrant colors and the woman on the logo turned round to face the the wording of my logo and literally in a few days there were more client calls and I felt good presenting it because it really stood out on social media in person at exhibitions, events, festivals, the whole lot wherever I was it stood out and I, I thank her for that because I didn't know anything about this until I met her and then I changed my clothing and it went from black to, um you know bright colors and that made my mental health and my and my energy and myself change and I felt a lot more uplifted and confident about me and my brand so by doing those tweaks adding color believe it or not it actually works like a charm.
1: Oh, color has so much power. We teach that in our branding class too, to really think about the meaning of the color and the colors that you choose and what that does. So that that's fascinating. So in the book, because you've got your book, Born to Do It, Becoming the Leader of Your Business, um, Using Powerful Spiritual Techniques, any other kind of energy tips that you share in there? Um, well, I do stress
3: about the quantum colors a lot, as you just mentioned how important color is, and also mention about how important Feng Shui is in an office, because obviously people might know a lot about Feng Shui on here, I'm sure they do, um, but one of the things you can do is you know, change your home and office to reflect the right energy, which is called Feng Shui. So I mentioned that how important that is, because it does really help your mindset and also the colors on yourself and in your in your physical environment where you're working is also very crucial. I also mentioned in it about cosmic ordering. Something else I'd never think would be in my business plan when I first wrote that in 2010. It's nowhere near it now. Um, but I never put this down. This again was introduced to me when I was um, awakening spiritually back in 2016. And um, a friend of mine told me that when she met her new boyfriend, um, she wrote down a list, which is a cosmic order, of all what she wanted her boyfriend to be. And she met him exactly what was like on the list. And I was like, wow, that's a. Uh, Uh, interesting. And then I met Ellen Watts, who actually is the woman who helped publish the book. She's her company. But um, she wrote a book called Cosmic Ordering Made Easier. And she told me when when I met her for consultancy, I said, look, I want to get more of what I want, but I don't know how to ask. And she said, well, what you do is you say, what I really want is a parking space when I get to um, Larchmont, Los Angeles, for example. And then you say at the end, for the good of all concerned, she said you must say that because she must finish each sentence with that phrase so it ensures that nobody ever loses out for you to gain I was like alright so she said, try the car parking order ask for a parking space when you go to Soho the busiest area in London when I was living in London and I was like well that's going to be impossible to get a parking space in that area that I want she said well try it and you'll get it so I placed the order drove there got loads of traffic then got to the area and I thought right where's this parking space then and then literally someone pulled out and I was like Oh, my God, that's my space. And then I drove in. I was like, is this really a car parking space? And it was. So the way that I integrate that into my company is every morning I do a routine where I place my cosmic orders, which are, you know, for example, wanting a new client lead, um, a new business lead, uh, closing a deal, getting uh, an email come in from uh, another interview, for example, anything that I want with the business in that day, I place the orders, let them go, and then they come through. So it's a magical tool because it does really help change your energy and mindset when you trust and believe.
1: That power of, as you're, as you're saying, you let it go, you trust, you believe, mm-hmm. and then you keep moving, you keep working. Exactly. That's you don't a- just expect it to come to you. You're, you, you keep working too.
3: Exactly. And a lot of them will come in overnight, so what I tend to do now, because I'm, I have staff in UK and I have one or two people here, because uh, I'm obviously now overseas, so I'm six hours behind the UK, so what I tend to do at night is place my... Cosmic orders for a bed, and then it's I wake up they all come through, you know, six hours later eight hours later, overnight on my phone. So I'm like, oh wow, there's that one, there's that one, there's that order. I've got that film into this festival, got this new client lead here, you know. So I'm like, wow, thank you, universe. But it is important to be grateful as well, because you can see the magic happen when it all comes in. And obviously, I let it go because I'm asleep, and in the day, I place it and I'm busy doing other things, and it comes in when well, I least expect it. Sometimes it comes in different ways than what you might expect but then it still comes in the way that you wanted it, just different kind of delivery format.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like our, our business plan doesn't look like what we want it to. Sometimes it doesn't look exactly like we thought it would. I
3: mean, my business plan back in 2010, I've got it on my PC still and looked at it briefly now, and it it doesn't mention anything about spirituality. All this was like on your journey was awakening because it was very much like a business kind of, you know, structure and, you know, very kind of formal and trying to be on that kind of that kind of world. But there was actually no, you know, spirituality positive thinking, which is really important, I think, in business. That's why they go hand in hand to me now. I've learned that um, because if I was like I was still now in black with a black logo, no one would really see me.
1: Mm-hmm. So, let's we one of the other areas that you talk about is a sales pitch. Yep, tell me a little bit about how that comes in here.
3: So what the book does and what I do in my like daily routine is I talk about the key principles that are spiritual and also the business practices that we really need to include when we start up our first business once we know what it is that we're supposed to be doing with our sole purpose. Um, so one of the people I met on my journey um, in the business world was a lady called Gelanda Milioto and she's like a business strategist and I needed her because I realized that I was kind of just doing everything like... Not, well not. It was organized, but not organized in the way it should be. And when I was trying to close client deals with clients, I was told her I was having some issues with how I was presenting myself, even though it was in good intentions. And she said, well, it's very important that you remember that a sales pitch is like a two-way street so that you listen and they do more of the talking. Obviously before, I was doing the opposite. I was doing the talking and they weren't doing anything. Um, so the way that you really close a deal is to build that rapport and let them talk and then you respond. By telling them how you can solve their problems and be the solution finder, so I was like, oh. So we we tried it together, and then we did a like rehearsals. It was pretty much just building that bond and that trust as well. By saying, you know, like, what, what issues are you having with your film? And they go, well, it's not going to be any festivals. Which ones have you submitted to X and Y? Now I think with your film, it best submit to these festivals to really help you get the right um, kind of presentation of your film at the right festivals and to get the right awards. You'd be like, oh, tell me more. Then they want to get more interested in you to know what you could do. And then by the end of it, there's at least a trust bond to then talk more or even close a deal by them. And she's a much better way of doing it. And obviously doing your research is important too. So you don't come in like, what do you do? It's more like, oh, I saw your previous film at this festival and I see on IMDb that you've done all these other films starring this person around the world. You know, that kind of example. Um, so she was very helpful to get prepared and also how to manage that. And also it was quite a skill. I was doing it like, you know, off the beaten track. So just of speaking a bit scatty. Before I met her, after I met her, she really helped me just get a structure to it and know how to work that kind of pitch, kind of um, kind of technique. Because it was it took a long time to get there before when I was doing it. You know, just rambling to people. But then she really helped me get it in a alignment.
1: Yeah, that's so important. Um, with. But job seekers, too, I know we've got some job seekers listening, but the interview is a two-way street and that you're asking good questions, and uh, my husband's been interviewing recently for an internal position, and he said, you know, their questions took up the first 30 minutes, and then my questions took up the second 30 minutes, and that's exactly where you want to be, to where it's about that 50 you know 50 50 conversation because then you've really engaged that person in a conversation not just answering the questions that they had for you and and making it kind of all about you i i really want to know i have to know what is a big domino statement oh yes well that is something again
3: never on the business plan this whole thing uh this was something which um my wonderful another um colleague of mine who's become a very um effective um what's his name kind of way to say it, a very effective set, um, business consultant is ed jc smith and he told me what you got to do is a big domino statement and i was like what and he said basically to break it down he says it's like this so he says if i can make your market i.e. filmmakers believe that the only way to get their problem solved is through your method The only way to execute your method is by buying your product or service only from you That way all objections become irrelevant and they must invest. It's pretty much like a pitch, a very succinct pitch to say this is why you need to hire me and no one else can do this in the way that I can.
1: Oh, that's good, can you say it again? Good.
3: So so it's um, if I can make your market believe that the only way to get their problem solved is through your method And the only way to execute your method is by buying from you your product or service. no one else can do that apart from you. Therefore, all objections they might have become irrelevant because no one else can do the job better than you.
1: Mm, That's very powerful. Thank you for sharing that.
3: My pleasure. Well, I'm glad he taught me that because I was like, my goodness, now I can actually pitch myself to people in the right way and tell them why they should talk to me further and not anyone else.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) the book is called Born to Do It, Becoming the Leader of a Business Niche Using Powerful Spiritual Techniques. Rebecca, how can people connect with you and, and follow you? And the best way, um, my
3: website is RebeccaLouisaSmith.com. And the way to connect with me on Instagram would be, well, by socials would be Instagram, which is at Rebecca Film Doctor. So that's R-E-B-E-K-A-H-F-I-L-M-D-R.
1: Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H film doctor I love it well thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise it's been a lot of fun and just a different way for some of my listeners maybe to think about this so I really appreciate you joining us today
3: thank you it's been a real joy thank you
1: everybody for listening and I really had a lovely time Yes, so we'll be back to kind of close up here on The Career Confidant, but we will say goodbye to Rebecca. So thank you for joining us, and we'll be right back here on The Career Confidant.
0: The Business Community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation.
2: We hear it and read about it every day in the news
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, Please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking with Rebecca Louisa Smith, Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith, who is the film doctor. So if you want to look her up, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, film doctor, D-R. I'm excited. I'm going to have to go and follow her some more because she connected with me really quickly before we brought on the show together. So I'm excited to follow her a little more and see the, the great things that she's doing, helping filmmakers get their films noticed, but then also doing some of this intriguing branding work around energy and spirituality. I have not done much in feng shui, so I'll also have to do some more research there. I used to have an office that was number 11 and the address was 333, and someone told me once, you know, that was great feng shui, and my office was set up really well, and now I'm at home, and I look around, and I think it probably could do some work in my own space, even though other people don't see very much of my, my space. Um, that setting that we sit in, the setting that we work in, does make a big difference in terms of how we come up how we approach our work, how we approach our our lives. One of the really silly small things that I do for myself in that area is I shop for pens that I love. I write a lot and take notes. I have journals. I have a calendar system that is all written in addition to my virtual stuff. But that act of writing, the kinesthetic uh, act of writing is very helpful for me. Um, And for lots of people, right, it's one of our main processing ways. So that is one of the little things that I do. I have a nice pen. It's a good pen. I use different colors so that I get some color variety. Sometimes I'll even have two or three going at the same time so I can take one set of notes in one color and then switch when I change subjects. Um, I also get little stickers and fun things to go in my calendars and journals to help me get a little bit of that spark and color and life even in the, the to do lists that I'm making every day. Try not to overdo it because I could, you know, spend more time than I need to spend doing those things. But it does help me and a little way to feel like I've got quality, color, and life in my everyday world. Colors do have meaning. And this is really important if you're choosing colors that you're wearing, but especially if you're choosing colors for your digital brand, your LinkedIn background, your website, if you're a business owner, your, you know, whatever it might be, your resume, if you're a job seeker and you're putting some color in your resume, those choices are really important. And the colors have meaning. And then they also relate to the audience that you're connecting with. So you want to be thoughtful about your audience as you're choosing colors in addition to your own kind of internal brand. And the brand is those place where those twos meet your internal, who you are and the audience and what they will connect with about you. And it's just, it's fascinating. The, the color Red, for instance, you know, bold orange is that life and and party. The yellow is uh, bright and blue is loyal and green is natural and you know some of them are kind of common sense. And um, when we think about what we're choosing, whether it's what we're wearing or what we're putting out there digitally, it can make a big difference, as Louisa was talking about. And if you are working from home or if you're job seeking, and Charlotte Weeks talked about this, we did a session on acting tips, and she talked about costume, right? When you go to do something, you put on costume. When you are doing a virtual interview, it's helpful to put on that costume. Even if it's on the phone, it can help you feel and act differently because you've got on that costume. If you're job searching and you maybe even don't have a virtual interview that day, it will help you get up and be more productive and do things and live the brand that you want if you get up and put on that costume, <laughs> still authentic to you and thinking about you know what you're comfortable in, but also what, what will help you feel like, hey, I'm going to own it today. I'm going to go out and, and do this and perform the way I want to perform today just like an athlete might do with their performance wear, right? Shoes, right? Shorts, whatever it might be. We do the same thing when we show up to work every day. You might look around your space. I'm going to have to do a little bit of work, a little bit of research myself on feng shui. So if you have tips on that, send them my way. If you have resources on that, send them my way. Hasn't been something that I've looked at very much. And really think about how we can use that energy in our branding, and not, not just those principles that she talked about, the quantum colors and the feng shui, but also how we can use that energy in terms of thinking about what will connect to our clients. And then I'm going to sit down and write my big domino statement. If you're a job seeker, this applies to you too. The only way for a company to get X is to do it your way And the only way for them to achieve those goals is to hire you. What does that look like? If you sat down and you were going to write a statement about that, what is your unique value? That's what brand is, right? What's your unique value that you can bring to that company? What do they get from bringing you on? And what is your way of doing it that they can only get if they hire you? The challenge there is that it may not be what they're looking for, right? That's your little risk. But when you put it out there, you're more memorable, you're more powerful, and you bring that confident energy that is quite irresistible for others. They want to be around it. They want to, you know, leech off of it a little bit. Because everyone is looking for that level of confidence in themselves, in the businesses that they do business with. And I struggle with this myself. I think most of us do. I see it in the business people that I work with, the business owners that I help, that if you are not confident that you can change someone's life, that you can be transformational for them, why would they buy from you? As an employee, as a business owner, if you are not bringing that confidence that you can transform their business if they hire you, you can transform their life if they hire you as a coach, why would they buy from you? And you might feel like that's a really bold claim, but transformation in someone's life doesn't, you know, I think sometimes we can make that way bigger than it really is. You are going to transform their life when they work with you. Be confident in that. Know how and what your unique promise of value, your unique solution is. And then you can communicate it in a way that will attract the people that want to work with you. The people that need your particular brand of transformation. I hope you'll go out and check out Rebecca's book, Born to Do It, Becoming the Leader of a Business Niche Using Powerful Spiritual Techniques. And check her out, Rebecca, Film Doctor. And of course, feel free to let me know what you'd like to hear more on this show, what, what kinds of questions we can answer for you. We love to answer your questions and cover the topics that you're interested in. And you can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at Career Thought Leaders. Com. We look forward to hearing your ideas and covering the topics that you're interested in here as we come back to you every week on The Career Confidant. And we'll see you next week right back here on The Career Confidant. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant.